With a large OLED display and redesigned kickstand, Nintendo has a significantly upgraded Switch out for the holidays, but is it worth upgrading to it? I'm Roger Chang, and this is your Daily Charge. With me to talk about his early thoughts and hands-on impressions with the new Switch is CNET Gaming and PC Editor Dan Ackerman. Welcome, Dan. Hey there. Nintendo teased this a few months back, but you finally got your hands on the OLED Switch. What were your first impressions from handling the new console? It felt very much like the original console. Nintendo had a couple of, you know, very small hands-on opportunities to actually see and touch it. But as soon as you turn it on, you can see, even though the size of the body is about the same, I think it's a smidge longer, it feels like there's a lot more screen there because they've shaved down those screen bezels around it. And of course, the screen is an OLED screen. So it feels much more modern, just like on a new phone where like the screen goes right to the edge. You're much closer to that with this version than with the Switch or the Switch Lite. And size-wise, I mean, if you look at it dimension-wise, it's not a huge, huge difference. I'm curious if you can sort of, you can tell right off the bat, or do you really need an older Switch next to it to sort of see the the, the changes in how significant it is? Yeah, no, no, you, you would not really pick up on a size difference. The Joy-Cons are the same, and they slide in the same, and it fits into a very similar dock. And whether you use the old dock or the new dock, they're interchangeable. So the dimension's very, very, very minor. Got it. And... You mentioned in your story that it isn't the OLED display that is the game-changing feature. It's something else. What What is it that really impressed you about this new Switch? Uh, it's true. It's true. Listen, having an OLED screen is great, but what really got me, it's the thing I hadn't really realized, was that they redesigned the kickstand on the back of the Switch. So when you're using it out of the dock, you want to put it down on your table in front of you. You want to put it down on the airplane, you know, seat back tray. You want to either use the Joy-Con still attached to it like that or take them off and hold them in your hands or have another controller. The kickstand on the original Switch was terrible. Uh, it was this little thin, like 0.6 inch wide plastic strip that only opened to one little angle and it would just fall over or the, the thing would come off in your hand. So the new kickstand on the OLED Switch is kind of like the kickstand on the Microsoft Surface. It goes all the way from one end to the other, and you can bend it at just about any angle, and it will stay where you put it. And that is such a step up. Now, it should have been like that in the first Switch, but you're going to find it's much easier to play with this sitting on your dining table, your coffee table, uh, you know, anywhere where you just want to set it up and have it like a mini TV with a controller. Yeah, that, that prior... Uh little kickstand that dicky little kickstand i know it's flown off for me it's it's um a constant irritation i'm always worried it's going to snap off completely permanently and won't be able to snap it back on uh, beyond the kickstand and the oled display any other differences with the console whether it's uh, inside its guts with the processor uh, the joy cons are pretty much the same any other differences yeah, Joy-Cons are exactly the same. The internals of the system are exactly the same. In all switches now, you can use Bluetooth headphones, finally, uh, thanks to a software update. So that's across the board. That changes how many Joy-Cons you can you know, use wirelessly at once, but that's generally fine. Uh, the other big difference is the dock, uh, which I didn't get to play with, but, but I saw... Um, it's uh, it loses a USB A port that is on the current dock that you probably never use, and it adds an Ethernet jack that you also probably never use. <laughs> so, other than that, though, that's, that's pretty much it. You know, it's it's they've already got people who bought a switch to go buy another switch a year or two later with the switch light. They said, "Oh, you love the switch? Take this one with you." Now, here's yet another version. So they're trying to number one get 
the handful of people who don't have a Switch yet to entice them with some new cool new feature. But there's also, you know, Nintendo diehards that will buy every version of this that comes out. Yeah, and that's a great question because I'm curious for maybe not not this isn't for the diehards, but for someone who owns a Switch already, say say myself, uh, or or many millions of folks who already own a Switch, do they need necessarily need to upgrade to this OLED Switch? If you just bought a Switch last year, six months ago, year before, you're happy with it, great. I don't think you need to upgrade. If you have the light, but you really want to, you know, plug it into the TV, obviously you have to get one of these with the dock. You know, I have a day one Switch from when it first launched. And out of just idle, I don't know, whatever, I did pre-order one of these OLED ones. And after playing it in person, I'm feeling pretty good about that pre-order, although frankly, I don't really need it. If you want to have, you know, a lot of families discover they want to have an extra switch in the house because people like to play against each other or the kids want to use it and the grown-ups want to use it. Uh, so if you're coming in fresh or you need that second one, I mean, this OLED screen is pretty awesome. Okay. Well, and the, uh, obviously with the other consoles, PS5, Xbox One, they have been hot products for the, the last year. There are still issues with shortages. Do you think that, this will run into the same issues. I'm assuming this will run into a lot of the same issues. Uh, that said, when the original Switch came out, even though we were not in the midst of a uh, chip crisis or an international freighting crisis at the time, those were still very hard to find. Uh, and, and there were a lot of, you know, like, where's the Switch in stock today kind of stories. I just went and peeked over on Best Buy's website, and they have a special note on their OLED switch page that says, you know, high demand product. This item is expected to sell out quickly. We have different reservation rules for it. So it's one of the things they're treating as as, as a high uh, you know, wish list product. And some people have pre-ordered it, but they're gonna have regular, you know, retail sales. I think on October 8th is when it technically goes on sale. So that along with the PS5 and the new Xboxes, I think they're all gonna be reasonably hard to find throughout the holiday season. Right. And uh... Just as a refresher, how much is this new OLED Switch? It is $349, which is a step up from the regular Switch, which is $299. So you're spending an extra $50 bucks basically for the OLED screen, the kickstand, and the upgraded dock. And if you were coming in new, is it sort of a no-brainer? It's like $50 more. You get this nicer display. You get the nicer kickstand. Is that is that sort of the, the calculus there? Unless you are determined that you are only going to use it as a TV-connected living room console, you are never going to take it out of the dock. If that's the case, you can just get the regular switch because you're never going to look at the, the screen. And that's some people, but I think people end up loving the fact that you can just like carry this around with you. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's my the number one feature why I love this thing is I can take my AAA titles on the go. Although not that I go on the go all that often anymore. It's nice to be able to do it. Uh, beyond the Switch, you also got some time with uh, Metroid Dread, which is the the new, uh, I guess it's basically a new flagship game for the Switch this year. What, what was that like? It's a weird choice for a flagship game. It's, uh, <laughs> you know, it's very old school. It's a Metroid game, but it's 2D, like the really old original Metroid games. I think Nintendo said it was the first new 2D Metroid game in 19 years. You know, as a side-scrolling platformer slash action game, seem perfectly nice not really my cup of tea uh but uh they have uh you know it's like you're you're samus and you're and you're trapped inside like a hollow planet and there are these robots chasing you so you have that more modern uh game mechanic of a superpowered enemy that can follow you from room to room to room so you know i thought it presented itself well 
it's it's not exactly my thing. Yeah, and there I've noticed there's sort of a lack of these larger new titles. I mean that we just had a, a Nintendo Direct, uh, and you know one of the highlights was you know more retro games. Uh, it seems like the the games lineup. Is a little it's, it's not year. yeah there's not really a big flagship there's metroid there's a new mario party game coming out uh i think they're doing some re-releases of you know new versions of older pokemon games for it and then you'll get some of the mainstream games like guardians of the galaxy and you know, some of the holiday games that like ea and activision these big companies make will also have a switch version but uh you know they're they're not you know reasons to go out and get a switch per se Got it. Well, Dan, thanks for your time. Lots to consider with the Switch. And you can check out his story and his impressions on CNET.com. If you have any questions, hit us up on Twitter at The Daily Charge or sign up for direct text messages from me by heading to CNET.co slash Daily Charge. And if you liked what you heard, please rate and subscribe to the podcast. It really helps us out. For The Daily Charge, I'm Roger Chang. Thanks for listening.